I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Through the Ringer, I'm your host, Tate Frazier, and joining me, as he always does on Tuesday mornings, it is the great Cousin Sal. Yeah, Sal, how's on, it going, man? man? It's great going to great. see you. Yeah. Last night, big win, Lions. Mm. I predicted it on Ringer Wise, guys. You did well also on Sunday. Thank God. Uh, yes, and I'm 5-3, and three, and we can have our, our, our crack staff put it together. I think that's 87%. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Nah, yeah. I don't know. Well, it sounds good. good. Sounds yeah. good. 87% sounds great. We got a lot of good football. We had Monday mm-hmm. Night Football last night. Mm-hmm. We saw the Detroit Lions handle business their first win on Monday Night Football since 2014. Oh my God, it's almost been a decade, but it was great yeah. to see those fans finally have something good happen. Your thoughts just seeing the Lions get a big win, 6-2 and two now in the season. That place was hot. Uh, it was a thorough beatdown, 20, despite the three turnovers, which is good. I mean, mm-hmm. a team now can knows they could turn it over <laughs> and still win uh, thoroughly. Like I said, 29-12, to 12, first downs, 486 to 157 total yards. Um, they're to be reckoned with, right. I'm going to say. Troy, Troy Aikman at one point yeah. during the broadcast did bring that up and he yeah. said um and it almost was a freudian slip he was like the nfc might run through ford <laughs> field i mean how real is that do you think that's actually the truth do you think it actually could run through oh Detroit? yeah yeah why not okay why not? Why we've not? seen san francisco let down yeah. the eagles are you know three four five injuries away from the lions being the best team in the uh, conference yeah we'll see what happens but one of the guys that are giving him hope jameer gibbs uh running back he set new career highs in the game last night in carries 26 carries rushing yards 152 rushing yards and rushing yards over expected rushing yards, Whoa. which is 45, uh, plus 45 in that department as well, had a touchdown in this game. So Jameer Gibbs, he was the talk of the town last night. What's above expected? Like who, I who expects? Someone, you know, Somebody the, expects these, it? These mathematicians, these scientists, these analytical minds, they put together these algorithms, yeah. and they never show me the work, Sal, they but I just have away. to regurgitate what's going on. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah, uh, yeah 31 <laughs> touches, I think, 189 mm-hmm. yards total. Outstanding. He had nine touches like in the first six minutes. And David Montgomery, I know they have a bye next week, but he's going to get less and less of a workload. I mean, this guy just has a different gear running downhill the whole game. And, you know, just when it looked like they were going to, you know, the pick six and then another turnover at the one, they get the ball back and he puts it away. Yeah, Marcus Peters with a big pick six. That was probably the only downtrodden moment for the mm-hmm. Detroit Lions. The rest of the game was great. Sam Laporta was also great in this game. Mm-hmm. The young tight end, eight catches. 57 yards and a touchdown. So all in all for the Detroit Lions, it was a great night um, there in Ford Field, and there was a lot of hope and optimism after a tough game against the Baltimore Ravens. Do we feel better now that they bounce back in this fashion on Monday Night Football? Yeah, I think so. I okay. think that was exactly that, a bounce-back position. You know, you're allowed to do that. They went and laid an egg in Baltimore and then just took care of business at home. And, you know, with what's going on with Minnesota 
and Chicago and Green Bay. Like, I don't even know who's the best quarterback out of the backups and Jordan Love in that division. So they, they're running away with the North. Yeah, it's a good day to be Jared Goff, mm-hmm. right? I mean, the, he was one of those guys that was considered a throwaway, a stopgap, all these different terms. And now yeah. he's the class of the NFC North when it comes to the quarterback position. So how things can change very quickly. Speaking yeah, people of. Would, people would turn to like point at him like, ah, you stopgap. And it's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, whoa, what did he say? Yeah, yeah, yeah right. It was yeah. a lot of that. Thank God those kids stopped pointing the fingers. Yeah. Let's talk about pointing fingers at the, oh, almost said the Oakland Raiders, Raiders the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah. Um, and let's talk about Josh McDaniels because uh, things are not going great right now. They're three and five. Jimmy G, Jimmy G tried his best in this game to, I guess, be competent enough to game manage, but you can't manage uh, what you can't contain. Devontae Adams. You know, slamming his helmet down in this mm. game—a whole lot of sideshow activity for the for the the Raiders at this point. Your thoughts on just what you saw in Monday Night Football, and uh, is there any hope, or is this season kind of a wash? No, I mean we saw them last week; it was disgusting. They had one two in a row, so they get you excited for a minute. But mm. you know, I, I think this season is a loss. I know there are a lot of four and three teams, and they're only what three and four, three and five, right in there. So um, they could technically catch some of those teams. But I'm looking at their schedule; they have the Chiefs twice. They're at Miami. They have the Chargers. I say get rid of everyone. Devontae Adams has to understand, though, wherever he plays, he's going to have a helmet. So he can (laughs) take it out on the helmet, but it's just going to be like a different color and everything. So he can't freak out like that. And what is the leash on Josh McDaniels in general? Obviously, he comes in after Gruden. Gruden had that 10-year, $100 million deal and then had his whole scandal and fallout. And Josh McDaniels was supposed to to step in and create some sort of – you know, normal environment, I guess, but it seems like things are just, they're a little off the rails to say the least. I think the one thing he has going for him is Mark Davis doesn't want to pay four coaches. Mm-hmm. Like he's still on for Gruden. He's still on, like he's still paying all these guys and he has to buy out the contract. You don't want to be on the hook for coaches for 130 million counting against you. Doesn't count against a cap. But it's a, a pretty hefty sum. And as you're watching right now, it is Halloween. Happy Halloween. Oh, yeah. I hope you're having a great holiday. And it's also the trade deadline in the NFL. Do you think there's any chance that the Raiders make any moves? Is there a move to make? I mean, you got Renfro, you got Devontae Adams. Who knows? Maybe you throw Jimmy G out there and, and see if someone wants to cash in on a quarterback. But is there any sort of move that they could make? Yeah, I think so. I mean, Devontae Adams seems the unhappiest out of everyone <laughs> and probably the, the, the shiniest toy in terms of teams looking for, you know, all pro receiver. But right. yeah. Trade everyone, start with Adams and with uh, Mark Davis as Barber. Yeah, and <laughs> at the end of the day, oh. Devontae Adams came there to play with Derek Carr. Derek Carr is now the quarterback for the New Orleans right. Saints. So I think uh, there's a mood to be made. But now let's have some fun. Uh, one of my favorite okay. games. Finally, we're going to have some fun. Yeah, usually we do this uh, right after the break. We do over-under-reactions. Yeah. I give you a statement. You tell me if it's an overreaction or underreaction. Yeah, why'd we change this? Why well, because we we're going to have more fun earlier. Okay, you know right. what I mean? A lot of people were tuning out. They were like, where's all the fun? I see. So all let's right. have it at the top of the show. Let's start with <laughs> this one talking about quarterback play especially bad quarterback play shout out to you jimmy g but uh nfl quarterback play has reached a new low this season so overreaction or underreaction i think it's an underreaction i watch you watch those 1 p.m games on sunday there were nine of them there were five replacement quarterbacks put mm-hmm. in those nine uh games i don't know what you do scoring is down i don't know if they they should play with five downs the offense two balls um start at the 40 yard line you, you we have to figure something out tate because it's disgusting, these low scores and just this poor play by the offense overall. You know, and Tommy DeVito, a guy who couldn't throw a forward pass, was in the game for the Giants. They didn't like, not that he couldn't do it, but they wouldn't let him. They just wouldn't let him. I don't know what's happening to our country, but we used to have better quarterbacks. I don't know what's going on. I don't know who we point the finger at. But uh, if you look at the CFL, 
guys like Chad Kelly, yeah. um, you know, former star in college. He's one of the best players for the Toronto Argonauts. Maybe we bring him down. Maybe we bring some of these CFL quarterbacks into the NFL, get a little competition going. Because right now, guys like uh, Double Bajant, you know, are starting NFL quarterbacks. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's an interesting Kelly, time. Chad Kelly, R. Kelly, Nika <laughs> Kelly, I, yeah. I don't care, whatever, yeah, whatever. Br- bring anybody. somebody out there that's yeah. a gunslinger exactly. and can actually uh, throw the football down the field. So we need that. So quarterback play, not so great right now. The next one I have for you, the NFL owes us all as viewers an mm-hmm. apology for the Jets-Giants game. O- overreaction or an underreaction? I think that is an underreaction. <laughs> Everybody should apologize, not just the NFL, the mm-hmm. hot dog vendors, um, people outside MetLife Stadium. MetLife, the company? Met they life, should, yeah, put guys out a selling statement. parking spots that didn't <laughs> exist to do it. This is this was an embarrassing event that we had to sit through for three hours. Probably the most embarrassing thing to happen in New York since you and uh, Jim Cunningham went on a bender. Done the oh gosh, Jim, yeah, yeah, Jim Cunningham. Shout out to you, but yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right about that. Which coach do you trust more between Salah and Dayball? Because that was a showdown of uh, epic proportions between those two guys yeah, trying to I lose think the so, game. You know, you could say Salah. I'll say Salah. I don't care who's <laughs> right, but I, I think it's him at right now. And I predicted uh, a month ago that the Giants fans would turn on Dayball, and uh, it looks like it's happening. Yeah, I think it's happening right before our very eyes, and uh, shout-out to everyone that was at that game. A lot of upset Giants fans, uh, Jets fans. Uh, they actually were bonding over how much they hated what they were watching, so that was kind of good news. Yeah, you I know mean, it's bad when there's not one clip of a, a fan fight for such an intense No, they're hugging each other like, I'm so sorry yeah, you exactly. have to watch this. They're yeah, like, no, right. I'm so sorry you have to watch we're this. We're all defeated. Yeah, yeah, right, we're all losers here. Um, let's keep it going. Stopping the tush push will be the high point of the Washington Command season is that an overreaction or an underreaction um i think it is an underreaction i think well the only thing i can compare it to is they broke the ravens preseason winning streak that Mm -hmm. was a big moment right and then there's the tush push and they stopped it and i i said this on simmons but the crew reminded me it doesn't matter if i repeat myself they love when i repeat myself (laughs) it was like when danielson got his crane kick caught by chosen right or when uh thor had his hammer smashed by um ragnarok (laughs) Then on Wikipedia. Sorry, I don't know. Anyway, yes, big moment for Washington. They lost the game. Daniel Snyder must be like, how can I get this team back? Mm -hmm. We are going places. These are his guys. And uh, it's funny, out of the tush push late in that game, the Eagles had a little option, a little variation out of the tush push, a little rollout. So uh, they have already decided that they're going to try to change the, uh, the variation, right? Yeah, yeah. Let's go. we can get our one yard every day. And so, maybe uh, the rule doesn't come in from the league where they get rid of the tush push because right. the Eagles kind of go away from it for a little while. I'm on to the Eagles. I know what they're up to. Pretty smart stuff there. Another one for you, Sal. Russell Wilson and Sean Payton are turning the Denver Broncos into a legitimate team. A legitimate team? No, is that that's overreaction. An that's no, an stop over- it, Tate. You're okay. embarrassing yourself. Go is- on to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's. I don't all? know. I you will, don't believe? Listen, in this NFL, when you could be like three and four, back to back wins, sniffing so? a uh, sniffing a playoff spot, maybe they are a legitimate team, but. I am not backing. Not a playoff team, probably, but a legitimate team that does exist. And uh, you mentioned it, Russell Wilson. The numbers aren't that bad. Mm -hmm. Uh, The eye test does not look great, but the numbers aren't that bad. So if you just if you're a guy that likes analytics and you like the numbers, maybe you look at Russell Wilson and and you buy into the hype. Speaking of buying into the hype, Dallas Cowboys quarterback (laughs) Dak Prescott is playing like a Super Bowl quarterback. Overreaction or an underreaction? Well, yes. If that Super Bowl quarterback is Trent Dilfer, yes, I would say he is playing like a Super Bowl <laughs> okay. quarterback. No. Nick Foles, maybe? Uh, Nick Foles. Well, yeah, those guys won. I don't yeah. know. It's tough to say. I'm, I'm going to say it's an overreaction. I'm sorry. No, he threw for four touchdowns. But in the previous game, four games, he only threw for one or fewer, I believe. So let's get back on track. Let's put two in a row together. 
And what a nice time it would be against the Eagles. And as that. the NFC is kind of uh, faltering a little bit and everyone's trying to figure out who is the class of the NFC, do you feel good about the Cowboys? I mean, they're not necessarily the number one team that comes to mind when you close your eyes and you see the best team in the NFC, but they are a team to be reckoned with, and they get a chance this weekend against the yeah, Eagles. Yeah, I manage my expectations pretty good, Tate. That's I think they're going to be a five seed. They're going to go to the NFC South winner. God forbid it's your Panthers. And uh, Oh, God they... forbid. God forbid. Uh, we can't watch that. We don't want to see that. Uh, one last one here, which I, I'm not sure how this one snuck in, but I'll say it anyway. Tate Frazier is the best guest picker in Ringer Wise Guy history. Is that Ooh. an overreaction or, or an underreaction? Wow, that is uh This is coming from the top. Oh, That's wow. from you. You know it's from you. I mean, well, you have some tough competition. <laughs> you have John Jastrzemski's um, sister, right. John Jastrzemski's neighbor's dog. You have nephew Kyle. So I think it is you. No, you were like two rebounds away from going four for Russell four. Westbrook, yeah. Yeah. I needed you, a double-double plus 290. They decided to sit him in the fourth quarter because he was beating Wimbenyama so bad. Right, yeah. And, and you also hit this thing where you picked five guys to score a touchdown. If four mm-hmm. of them score a touchdown on Fandle, there's a prop. You win, and I'm like, oh, these never, ah, oh, the poor kid. Let him yeah. learn the hard way. No, when I, I even like, sent in the won. weekly special, everyone looked at me like, oh, yeah. what an idiot. I couldn't even look at you. I was disgusted. Yeah. <laughs> Jack, our producer, he like threw up in his mouth when I sent it. But yeah, four of the five guys, everyone but Tony Pollard scored a touchdown. You'll be for replacing me, me in no time. No, I don't know about that. We'll see. Let's get to the riverboat because okay. uh, this is always fun. We do some prop culture here, and we always have a fun question from our riverboat captain. And this week, we have a good one the most miserable sports rivalry after we watched that Jets Giants game had that sure. bad taste in our mouth we said what is more miserable than this so we have the odds in front of us giants jets three to one here we got clippers lakers seven to one we got the harlem globetrotters and the washington generals at 10 yeah. to one we got bill simmons our boss for his million dollar picks at 20 to one mm-hmm. that's a dark horse right there and we got the field at even odds who do you have most miserable sports rivalries? this so? is a tough one because that jets giants matchup the buckle was tough to beat but i am gonna say you know the washington generals i know I know people are going to be like, well, that is a miserable rivalry. That's mm-hmm. got to be it. But because they win like once every decade, the generals against the Globetrotters. But I say trust the process there. I think they're getting it together. I'm going to go with Bill Simmons. Million dollar <laughs> picks. The biggest scam in sports. <laughs> Did you know he's not even betting a million dollars? No way. On these yes, he is. No, he's not. He has he's to. Not. I know for sure he's not. And he also doesn't make these picks. It's <laughs> not a million dollars. And it's not his picks. It's his his. Dog, dumb Murph or something makes these. Oh things. yeah, so, so you're yeah. blaming Murph. He's got a fall guy, a Whatever. fall dog. It's an all around scam, the biggest in sports media. Overrated or underrated, Murph's picks. I mean, that's that's the next segment. You're we'll right. figure that out. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll do our best. But week. I like that million dollar picks versus Bill Simmons. As someone that produced that podcast and did those back in the day, I think that's a great pick and great value at twenty to one. So I like that. Thank We're you. gonna go with Bill Simmons versus million dollar picks, most miserable sports rival. I'm we'll- miserable <laughs> making these picks. I'm done. <laughs> I think he's done. I think he is officially done. So there you go. We're gonna. Uh, you know, come back after the break. We're going to do some line look aheads and a little track to the future, and we'll be right back with Cousin Sal. Oh, wow. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
Welcome back to Through the Rigor. I'm still here with Cousin Sal, and we're having fun looking ahead to Week 9. Let's do some line look ahead. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Let's start with the first game of the weekend. We had the Tennessee Titans, led by Will Levis, taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers, led by my guy, Mitchell Trubisky. Steelers. Who uh, are, are these people? What? <laughs> yeah, Steelers minus three in this game at home. Um, Will Levis on the road looked great in his first outing, threw uh, three touchdowns. I mean, looked incredible. Four touchdowns. Oh, my four, God. Four. Oh, my God, yeah. he threw four touchdowns. Lot, yeah. So how do we feel and how do we handicap Will Levis in this uh, oh, hot Tennessee offense? Yeah, uh, Sunday night I thought this would be around three and a half, but I guess three is right. You can't get off the three with the Steelers. They're such a ridiculous team, right? So put it at three and hope for the best if you take the Steelers. And I think you're going to get the best from this dumb Steelers team on Thursday night because Will Levis, as good as he was, Last weekend, now it's a different story. When you go on the road Mm -hmm. and you got T.J. Watt staring you down, that's where things kind of fall apart. And uh, why shouldn't another backup quarterback fall apart? That's what I'm saying. So I think I'm taking the Steelers. Yeah, it's a crazy NFL landscape that we live in right now. And Will Levis is a guy famously that put mayonnaise in his coffee coming into the draft. A lot of people thought yeah. that was strange, myself included. Mitch Trubisky famously won the MVP on Nickelodeon, right? There's a lot mm-hmm. of uh, characters in this game and a lot of conversations. Are you, if you're had. another backup and you saw how well Will <laughs> Levis did with the mayonnaise and the coffee, mm-hmm. if you're like Tommy DeVito, are you right. double? up on the miracle. I think so. Whatever. Ty yeah. Taylor, Tyrod Taylor's like, yeah, let's yeah, put yeah. some mayonnaise in there and let's see what happens. Who knows? Something. Yeah, four touchdown passes. Right. Uh, something's working. Let's track to the future real quickly because you mentioned the Steelers. They're four and three right now. They are a conundrum, and Mike Tomlin is also someone that refuses to have a losing record in the NFL. The win total right now for the Steelers is at eight and a half. How do we <laughs> feel about that? Looks like Vegas is confused. Yeah, as well. of course, Fandle's <laughs> going to have it at eight and a half. Why would they move it off anything? Because we know the Steelers are going to have eight wins going into the last week. Um, that's what they famously do. Right. Now, I guess he could be over 500 and they could be like six, six and four going into the mm-hmm. last week. And then, then it's still 500, but not over eight and a half wins. But Tom is going to be there. The one thing I'll say about it, their, their magic tricks they usually do at the end. It might not work. They may have to have those eight wins later or for fairly early in the season. Cause they end with Cincinnati, Seattle and Baltimore, I believe. So that's a tough three for the uh, Steelers. So there you have it. Eight and a half games for the Steelers win total. Vegas knows what they're doing. Um, Let's talk about the Dolphins and the Kansas City Chiefs. This game is in Germany. And Sal, I did a little research here to figure out why this game was in Germany. Um, So I'm going to read it to you. Apparently, every team in the NFL has to play a game at an international site once every eight years. And the Chiefs wanted this game to be in Germany since they have global marketing rights there. And uh, now they're going to play the Miami Dolphins. And one of the best games, if not the best game of the weekend. Did you know that, that you had to play an international? Game every, every, eight, eight years? every eight years. I had no idea. I did not know that was in the bylaws, but apparently it is. And the Chiefs have global marketing rights in Germany, so they're happy to go over there and play this game against the Dolphins. Yeah. So there you go. Little background, little uh, NFL uh, business. I, I I hope you made all that up. I really do. I, <laughs> I really wish do. I made all yeah. that up. Eight honestly. years seems like a long time. Like you could maybe like sweat it out. I'm like all right, maybe the airline industry will collapse. I'll, I think I'll, they kept I'll kicking the can down the road. Yeah. And apparently, the the three teams that they could have played in Germany were the Lions, the Bears, mm-hmm. or the Dolphins. The Lions, they ended up playing week one and losing, of course. The Bears were coming to Kansas City, and they wanted them to come because they had so many Bears fans. So they ended up with the Dolphins. Now we end up with this great game, an absolute shootout. You got Miami 
Go in there, Kansas City, minus two and a half in this game. What do you expect to see? In I this love one? this game. I, maybe they check Tay Tay's schedule. Like, hey, you, can you fly abroad? You can do that? Yeah, yeah of we'll, course. We'll, we'll, yeah. I think she's going on tour. Yeah, we'll in put Europe, you in so. economy. Right. You're in 33C. Um, uh, I love this game. I hope you wake up for it, Tate. I know you're a big partier Saturday night. Try no, to do a little no. less heroin Saturday night. <laughs> maybe you get in there, wake up for this. But no, it's a great one. 6:30 a.m. I don't on the care. West Coast. Yeah, I'm ready. Uh, you know, I picked this exactly right Sunday night. I thought it would be two and a half. The Dolphins squash bad teams. The Chiefs did not look great, but everyone's writing them off because they lost to Denver. Eventually, they're going to lose to Denver. Mm-hmm. They've been 18 in a row, all right? Don't forget, two weeks ago, he went for 353 passing Mahomes. So I wouldn't say I'm not ready to pick the Chiefs just yet. I think this is a fair number, though. Yeah, and it sounds like his kids were sick, and that's how he got the flu. So yeah. it was literally a flu game, and as much as people were saying he's going to have his Jordan flu game, mm. sometimes when you have the flu, you probably shouldn't be playing a football game. And I think that was the case in Denver. They capitalized on the fact that Patrick Mahomes is sick. but I He don't... had his Jordan flu game, but it was Jordan from New Kids on the Block. Right, right. Yeah. Is that even right? I yeah, I, th- I think Insane. so. Someone check that. <laughs> so, someone, yeah. Someone's in a yeah. boy band out there. <laughs> um, let's track to the future here because this is interesting. Uh, the MVP odds. Patrick Mahomes still the favorite despite the flu game. He's plus 270. Jalen Hurts is at plus 350. And then we have Tua at plus 370. Um, These two guys battling it out. Do you think this is going to be a game that has MVP implications? Yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously a lot of visibility here if you and I wake up for it. But um, (laughs) I was surprised at Mahomes' numbers compared to Mahomes' 15 touchdowns and interceptions. Russell Wilson has 16 touchdowns and four interceptions. And then everyone's like, oh, Denver sucks. Denver's this, Denver's that. Like, Russ is having an MVP. He's having a great year. I think we're screwing with the narrative or something. Right. But, um, listen, I, 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 I hate to put it out there, but Hurts is playing so well when he was playing on a, a busted-up knee, right? He had a sore knee. Mm-hmm. I feel like one of these three – is not going is going to miss some time sadly I really do so I will stick with Mahomes I have him at six to one plus two seventy is a good number but if you look Sam Howell's numbers are exactly the same as Jalen Hurts thirteen touchdowns eight interceptions twenty one hundred yards so I don't know there's a weird epidemic going along yeah the narrative league. is you know always yeah. driving the conversations but it's not the reality of the football and then you try to parse those two things it is interesting and it also feels like if you could take the field outside of those three guys to yeah. an MVP that probably would be your best bet right now because like you said they all have yeah, their uh, their holdups at mm-hmm. the moment but uh, yeah that'll be a fun game again it's an early game it's in Germany shout out to the Dolphins shout out to the Chiefs that global marketing deal will probably be you good this it. weekend yeah it'll be yeah. great for them next up we got the Seattle Seahawks taking on the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore Baltimore minus five and a half in this game. Um, Going to be an interesting one. Geno Smith, they looked great in the throwbacks last week. Baltimore, they got, you know, handled business there against the Cardinals. Wasn't the yeah. prettiest game, but they did. They did, do come away with the win there. Who do you like in this one? Baltimore so? played that great game against Detroit a couple weeks ago. And we're like, oh, they're going to Had to have down. a hangover game. Yeah, we yeah. thought they'd let down, but they still handled Arizona. It was mm-hmm. a weird field goal at the end to cover. I thought this number was too rich. I thought it would be three and a half to open. I also think Seattle's a lot better than maybe they are. Geno Smith seems to start off strong, a couple touchdowns in the first half, and then they let teams back into it. Now they're playing a team on their level. And don't forget, Seattle pretty good on the road. They crushed uh, the Giants. They beat the Lions, played a close one against Cincinnati. I still think five and a half is too heavy. Yeah, and Pete Carroll loves his defense, and Mm -hmm. I love I mean, they have a guy in Witherspoon who could win Defensive Rookie of the Year, so that's also – I mean, PFS says he's the best corner in football right now now and just in general the Seahawks are a very fascinating team let's track to the future because if you look at the NFC West one seed right now the 49ers are minus 280 to get that the Seahawks are plus 250 do you think there's some value in taking this in taking Seattle right now yeah much like Cincinnati this one was like plus five 
50 a couple weeks ago. Um, I'm going to stick with San Francisco. I know their defense has to get better. They have touchdowns every time there's a red People were blaming Brock Purdy, but it is the defense. It is the defense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There are some ringer types who are getting, like, death threats here for blaming (laughs) Brock Purdy. I can't believe that. Uh, But, yeah, uh, talk about the defenses, right? But I still like San Francisco. I'm looking at Seattle as a really tough stretch coming up aside from this Baltimore game. The 49ers, the Cowboys, the 49ers again, and the Eagles. So I'm going to stick with the minus 280. Yeah, I like that. And also in this game, do you think the Baltimore Ravens can cover? I know they've struggled with covering. They can win games, but they can't really cover games so far. Yeah. Do you think they can do it this no, week? No, I think this is a field goal game. Mm-hmm. You know, they've taken Tucker out. Tucker, um, I think it's because I have him on a bunch of fantasy <laughs> teams. I can make Tucker be, you know, uh, irrelevant. That's what I've done to him. <laughs> you have the power. But I feel like this is a field goal game to end it. So I think five I, and a half. I think so as well. I like that pick. Let's go with your Dallas Cowboys. This is the the NFC East showdown of the week. we got the Cowboys traveling to Philadelphia. Eagles minus three in this game. What do you see in this one, Uh, They're getting too cute with this line. Mm -hmm. The Eagles should be a a three-and-a-half point favorite. I think so, too. I really do. And, you know, it's nice of them to do this. I know there's going to be Cowboys money coming in, but (laughs) they're home. They're better. They have a ridiculous home field advantage. I think they've won 10 out of the last 12 there. Uh, We saw what happens when the Cowboys play a physical team like the 49ers. Philadelphia is going to be the same, similar thing. I'm not going to pick against my Cowboys just yet, but I do think that number should be higher, north of three. And Dak Prescott is going to have his hands full this week. I mean, that defensive line for the Eagles, the rotating of 10 guys in and out, I mean, it just never stops the pass for us. And late in the game, we saw a sign. Pass Russ. I haven't heard pass (laughs) Russ. Pass Russ. I've heard pass Russ. Well, maybe that's what you say to Russ. You know, (laughs) Russ Wilson, pass Russ, please, pass. Yeah, he's having a a little bounce back there. Uh, But, yeah, let's track to the future, too, because a conversation needs to be had about our guy, A.J. Brown. Mm. If you look at Offensive Player of the Year right now, Tyreek Hill is the favorite at plus 140, Christian McCaffrey at plus 160, and A.J. Brown is sitting right there uh, with a lot of value at plus 750. He's been incredible so far this, this season. This is a great trio here. Three phenomenal players at the top, and like you said, A.J. Brown is making his move. These are three guys who can't win the MVP award because it's mm-hmm. designated for a quarterback. Right. So this is, their, this is their hardware, the Offensive Player of the Year. <laughs> A.J. Brown First of all, he comes down with every 50-50 ball. It's insane. And Jalen Hurts knows that, and it's a nice little advantage. But I looked at his last six games, 127 yards or more in the la- over the last six games. That's phenomenal. Yeah. It feels like a guaranteed he's going to score a touchdown. Yeah. And uh, that one-handed touchdown catch he had last weekend was incredible. He looks cool. He's got the visor on. Um, he looks like one of the best, if not the best, receiver in football. I know our boss, Bill Simmons, says that to you every single mm-hmm. week, that this guy, insert player, is the best receiver in every, football. Every week. But I think A.J. Yeah. Brown might actually be. I, I don't yeah, want to steal his I don't bit. Know. It's tough. No, you, you could steal that bit. It's a lousy <laughs> bit. I, the only thing I'll say about these three is, McCaffrey seems independent of who the quarterback is. Mm -hmm. So he scored in, what, 17 straight games? Obviously, Hill's value goes down if Tua gets hurt. Same with Brown with uh, Jalen Hurts. So. Yeah, shout out to Christian McCaffrey. He's playing uh, some good football right now. Let's keep it going. we got the Buffalo Bills traveling to Cincinnati. Cincinnati minus three in this game. Joe Burrow looks back. The Buffalo Bills are trying to send a statement that they're still one of, if not the class of the AFC. Who do you like in this one? Bills are so weird. They Mm -hmm. were a pass interference call away from losing that game. Ridiculous. The fact that Tampa was even in that game was ridiculous. That was all coaching. Very stupid. I can't can't get my finger on the pulse with the Buffalo Bills. Teams they should beat, games they should win. They're going to have a player's only meeting very soon i can tell you that it might be at halftime of this game um i had this at one and a half and it was one and a half and it shot up to three in just one day this was sunday night it was one and a half Bengals are tough and maybe have a chip on their shoulder don't forget they faced off in that you know infamous night game 
uh, last year, that Monday night game. Now it's a Sunday night game, and they didn't finish. And the Bengals looked like they were about to win that mm-hmm. before tragedy struck. So I think Bengals being three-point favorite is fair. Yeah, this is going to be a really good football game. And let's track to the future right now. Look at the AFC North because the Ravens are still the favorites at mm. minus 130. But you got Cincinnati now at plus 330, Browns plus 450, and the Steelers at plus 850 to win the AFC North. Do you still feel good about the Ravens, or do you take a flyer on Cincinnati right now? I think now? the Ravens, like I said, Cincinnati, this is a similar case with uh, Seattle. Cincinnati was about five and a half to one uh, a couple weeks ago. Now it's down to 330. They play the Ravens. They're at the Ravens in a couple of weeks. So take Cincinnati if you like this bet to win the division. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, you know, bigger picture, 17 to one to win the Super Bowl. This is a team that could make it as a wild card and go all the way through. And I don't know what Joe Burrow does or, or what happens the first four or five weeks of the season, but he yeah. completely transforms. I mean, he's a sandbagger is what I'm going to start calling right. him because I think he comes out, he gets people a little off his sin. I knew he was dealing with the, the injury early on, but all of a sudden he looks like Joe Burrow and uh, the, the quarterback that we all know. So congratulations to Cincinnati fans. I know they have a lot of optimism right now. Final game, Sal, we have my Los Angeles Chargers going to New York <laughs> to take on the Jets. Uh, who do you like in this one? Jets uh, getting three points in this game this was one chargers were laying one before the sunday night game and then they laid waste to the bears i don't know if anyone should be judged on their uh you know what what they did against the bears but i don't know that the jets should be judged about how they (laughs) played the giants that was ugly i will say zach wilson may be able to exploit this 31st ranked pass defense as most most quarterbacks have done so it's an interesting game I would probably take the three points yeah Brandon Staley said he was very optimistic about his team and mm. everyone is saying what is this guy talking about <laughs> uh, but he continues to like their defense and uh, you know there is another track to the future that we have here talking about coach of the year most people by all accounts have had Dan Campbell of the Lions kind of as the de facto coach of the year so far but I want to throw out some other names in the mix Mike McDaniel plus 330 is a mm. name that's out there Rob Robert Salah of the New York Jets right there at plus 550. D'Amico Ryans plus 1,200. And then Pete Carroll at plus 1,400. There's a lot of value there we as like well. We like Pete Carroll. For Coach of the Year, it's usually wins above expected you know, mm-hmm. projected wins. So mm-hmm. if you take a team's projected wins, if they were supposed to win seven games and they win 12, that's a pretty good candidate for Coach of the Year. We don't really have one of those. What we do have with Robert Salah is – you know, they were supposed to be good with Aaron Rodgers, and now they're good without him. They're four <laughs> and three. My problem with that is they're at the Bills and then uh, play the Dolphins twice and at the Browns. So they have some tough games still ahead, and they have some problems. They really should have lost that game to the Giants. And talk about the, the whiplash of the NFL. Last week we were talking about Robert Salai as the most yeah. delusional coach in the NFL. This week we we're talking about his odds for coach of the year. So uh, right. that's how that goes. Uh, Cousin Sal, thanks so much for coming on. Cousin Sal's winning weekend on Friday. Ringer Wise Guys on Sunday. Appreciate you joining, and uh, we'll see you next this week. This is amazing. I'm going to come back next week. Yeah, I can't wait. All I'll right. see you then. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome 
Welcome back to Through the Ringer. And joining us now, you know him from The Watch. You know him from The Rewatchables. He is a Ringer OG. He's the great Chris Ryan. Chris, how's it going, man? What's up, Tate? Thanks for having me, man. Oh, I'm fired up because we got to talk about the Philadelphia 76ers, right? This is the talking point of the NBA. Everybody wants to start with James Harden, but not on this show. We're going to start with Tyrese Maxey. Mad Maxey is what we like to call him in the business. And uh, he's having a great year, and he's thriving in Nick Nurse's system. Our boy KOC just wrote an article about this. But you, with uh, you know three games in right now, watching Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris, Kelly Oubre. How do you feel about the Sixers right I'm in now? my Oubre honeymoon period. Right. It's fun. <laughs> I, had, I had fun as a Hornets fan for a little while. This happens to everybody. I like Mad Maxey. I like Eastern Conference Player of the Week, which is what he got voted. Maxey looks incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Nick Nurse system is apparently cutting and moving without the ball. Right. We love it. I'd never seen that before. <laughs> uh, no, it's been a while since I've seen anybody make a backdoor cut. I think Joel, you know, I, I've heard some people talk about Joel was very enchanted by the, the Nuggets offense and mm. wanted to see a little bit more of that in Philly. But it starts with him. He's making some good passes. And Maxi is a real example of like, you know, it's kind of reminding me a little bit of Mikel Bridges when he got traded to Brooklyn, mm-hmm. where you're like, did you always have this? And you were just kind of, suppressed by the fact that you were with Booker and, and Chris and whatever. And like n- now that you've been traded, like, and you have all this more usage, you're like going out of your mind. But Maxi just looks like he's making the leap, which is like one of my favorite things in sports is when you see a young player and you're like, Oh my God, this is really happening. And now it's a conversation. You mentioned he's Eastern conference player of the week. You have a conversation now where some people say he's most improved player. He yeah. should be in that conversation. But there's others that argue, should he even be because he's already this good. He just has the opportunity. No, what yeah. is that award? I don't you know even I mean? know. It's like, I, I think it should really be like guys coming back from injury or people who are like, had a really bad rookie season. Now their mm-hmm. second season's good. Maxi was like up and around 20 points a game last year, and right. now he's up and around 30. So is that really most improved, or isn't that just like an all-star? Um, let's talk about another guy that a lot of people like, Victor Wimbanyama. Yeah. He was in Los Angeles, played the Clippers. The game did not go great on the road for Victor Wimbanyama. The Russell Westbrook show <laughs> was rolling on, but uh, seeing him in L.A., and what have you noticed in his first three games? What really stands out about it Victor? really jumped out watching it on TV last night. I didn't get mm-hmm. a chance to go how different the Victor experience on the road is versus at home at home. It's like a rock concert every night. And the Spurs fans are obviously so desperate to have somebody to like cheer for. He's like their that. Sonny Bono. Exactly. Yeah. But on the road, I felt like it took him a while if ever to get into the game. And it also seemed like the Clippers were like, not on our watch. Mm-hmm. Like Victor's not going to be like, swatting. they saw the ESPN player rankings yeah. and Russell Westbrook is like, got it hanging up in his locker. I feel apparently. like those yeah. guys, like I feel like Mania. on the road, maybe teams are going to be like, <laughs> we're not letting you like, punch shots out into like the 13th row mm-hmm. row and stuff like that. So it was a different experience for him, but he's going to have growing pains. The one thing that was interesting is like he's played three games or whatever. First game he had the foul trouble. This Clippers game, it seemed like he kind of evaporated. So I think he's going to have to find like his footing as much as he's just like this dazzling prospect and this amazing thing to watch on a night-to-night basis, he's probably going to have some growing pains. Yeah, and you know, speaking of a guy that's having growing pains, Chet Holmgren, right now, Victor is minus 145 to win Rookie of the Year. Chet is right behind him. Uh-huh. Chet's around, around like plus 300 or so. Do you think there's any chance that Chet could make a push? Like, I know that we're all enamored with Victor Wimbanyama. He looks great, but Chet looks more ready, I guess, to, yeah. to take that leap He's also going to be on like a team that might be top four in the Western Conference mm-hmm. when, the, when the day's over, because like it seems like the Thunder are just rolling uh 
Do you think Chet should be eligible for Rookie of the Year? I think it's always uh, like Ben Simmons did this, Blake Griffin did this, yeah. right? It's like the red shirt Rookie of the Year. I feel like there needs to be... I don't feel like you should get a year of working out in mm-hmm. an NBA training facility and then be up for Rookie of the Also, year. when you went out, you know, is because like LeBron just stepped on your foot or whatever, yeah. and then all of a sudden you're out for the year because we're trying to make sure we get a good pick. I mean, there was a lot of... Uh, you know, David Robinson spurs energy. Behind yeah. So that. I, th- I think that like his case is really good if you're just going by stats, but I'm not so sure he should be eligible. And it would hurt Victor Wimanyama, the narrative, if he doesn't win rookie of the year. That's a lot of people have said this about Anthony Edwards, right? LaMelo wins rookie of the year. Then, you know, number one pick Anthony Edwards doesn't get the same push. Yeah. Right. So you need Victor to win rookie of the year. What do you think of um, some of the other guys in the, in this rookie class? Like who's your favorite so far to watch? Oof. I mean, I think Victor is just the one I, I can't keep my eyes off of, but I have have to say it and maybe it's a little bit of a homer pick but brandon, brandon miller is fun brandon's kind of fun man <laughs> he and beef stew getting to like you know isaiah store to the pistons basically saying meet me outside yeah. we'll fight like, go yeah, like, like yeah i mean and this is someone that tried to chase down lebron james a few years ago so that's no not someone you really want to scrap with but you know brandon miller wasn't scared brandon brandon's like impressed me <laughs> and also i like the cardiac hornets i like how every right. game seems to be like oh my god is this gonna happen they're <laughs> actually kind of fun i yeah. mean oh, there's a lot of stuff going on with the charlotte hornets obviously outside of basketball but when they're actually playing basketball yeah. scary terry and the boys i mean it's it's a good time <laughs> it's halloween it's scary terry's time yeah it's scary terry season like you said we we like to find teams earlier that we won't watch later <laughs> and uh, so for you it's your favorite team <laughs> it's my favorite team right now <laughs> yeah uh, speaking of favorites let's talk about favorites in the east quickly the sixers are in the mix the Celtics are the favorites. Uh, the Bucks are right there. They're kind of neck and neck for the favorites. How are we feeling about the new look Bucks so far? Um, good. Work in progress. Same thing with like having Nick come in uh, to the Sixers. I think Adrian Griffin's doing different things. He's got mm-hmm. like a much more aggressive defense. I was definitely like aware of that as a Sixers fan. Where I was like, whoa, they're really jumping these lanes, <laughs> yeah, and, like right. getting up in these guys. I feel like Mike Mike Budenholzer's defense was very bend don't break, mm-hmm. and this is a lot more aggressive. I think that they're going to be one of those teams where they're not going to really know what to feel about their season until the postseason. Mm-hmm. Because it's like when they get Dame in Dame time in the Eastern Conference semifinals, in the Eastern Conference finals is when they're going to find out whether they made the right decision. Yeah, and Giannis is one of those guys where I think that he likes, um, you know, when things go bad. Like, he likes when people don't yeah. want to pull for them or kind of write them off. So uh, that game that Dame played the other night where, you know, he had a terrible stat line and everything, Giannis after the game is like giddy and smiling. Yeah. I'm like, this guy guy's sick this yes. guy's twisted <laughs> this is what he likes uh but uh do you believe that you know the celtics obviously we're talking about the six we're talking about the bucks do you think the celtics should be considered still the favorites uh it's a tough it's one great, well it's a tough thing to just like actually even say like right. to make the words in my brain and have them come out of my mouth but those first few celtics games were very impressive i did like bill's bill simmons did some concern trolling about jalen mm. brown being the fourth option and how long he's going to be happy about that I do think that the the that Boston has the potential for just there's a players only meeting somewhere down the mm-hmm. line for those guys. Yeah, shout out to the Chicago Bulls. They already <laughs> yeah. have one of those. It looks like things are turning in the right direction. We're gonna take a quick break and when we come back, we're gonna talk the midseason, in season tournament in the NBA and talk about the uh, league pass rankings that Chris is putting together.
Welcome back to Through the Ringer. I'm still here with Chris Ryan. And Chris Ryan, in case you missed it, there is a new thing in the NBA. They're hyping it up. They're going to build out the courts. It is the in-season tournament. And um, I guess people are fired up about this. I'm what, fired up. You are fired I up. I am pro in-season tournament. Okay. But, like, what 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 is the end game, I guess, with this tournament? Okay. So here's the case for it. Mm-hmm. I'm a European football fan. Right. And in, in European football, usually they have the league season. But then they also have these cup competitions that go throughout the season. If you're lucky enough to be in the Champions League, that's one thing. There's the UEFA Cup, which is kind of like the Europa League. It's like the one right below. And then all the domestic leagues have these league cups, like basically the FA Cup. They, they, they do them in every country where all the teams in the country get to play against each other in this tournament. They usually do knockouts there, but we're going to do group stages and then knockouts right. in the midseason tournament. Starts November 3rd. Everybody's like, what's, what's the incentive? <laughs> I don't know how to answer that question other than, like, if you're like, well, what are they playing for? I'm like, the thing. They're playing to be like, we won that thing. Mm -hmm. There's nothing else I can give you other than that. I don't think there's any amount of money that's going to make people care about it more or less. I guess you could throw draft picks around, but I think that starts to screw with, like, some of the sanctity for what it's worth of the draft and the draft lottery. Like, I don't know how they would do that. But to me, it's like there are a lot of teams in the NBA who have absolutely no shot at winning the NBA finals at Mm -hmm. all. Probably not for the next five to eight years, but they could get hot and things could get weird. They could find themselves in the knockout with a good draw, beat two teams, and then they're in Vegas. And then you know what? They win the first midseason tournament. And when they talk about the FA Cup in England and how it's been around for more than 100 years and the storied history, well, history starts like today. Like, what if we're still doing this in 20 years and we talk about like, oh, man, the Pacers, they never won the finals, but they were always so good in the tournament. Because right. Rick Carlisle is just always like, <laughs> get, Carlisle, get Carlisle owns one it. game <laughs> yeah, and he owns right. it. But that's like in, in Spain, Sevilla wins the Europa League like every other year. Mm-hmm. They seem to have like this like sixth sense of how to win these things. I think it would be amazing if there was like a knockout specialist NBA team. And I think that there's a couple of teams in the middle of the pack who might be might be dangerous. Well, let me throw out one team that I think could be dangerous. The Sacramento Kings. Yep. I feel like the Kings are the, the team that would probably have the most to prove on this stage. And they want to send a message that they can win a tournament with yeah. all these teams. And if you look at their group, I mean, they got the Warriors in their group. There's some unfinished business, a little rivalry brewing. The but Warriors you... already come out and said, we want to win this. Right, yeah. right. And then you got the Timberwolves with the, you know, Ant-Man. You got the Oklahoma City Thunders. And then you got Wimbenyama and the Spurs. I mean, that's the Group C in the West. Yeah. I mean, that's a hell of a group. See, you're getting excited. <laughs> right. Look, they're not going to – I don't think that we're going to see Adam Silver chop 20 games off the regular season. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they're going to do a lot of the things that maybe hardcore NBA fans think the NBA needs to do to make it a little bit more exciting in the regular season. We got Jimmy Butler resting after three games. Like, this is what it is. The NBA season is what it is. So when people come and say – Oh, what are they going to play for in the in this midseason tournament? I'm like, what are they playing for in the regular season? Most nights of the week, you're lucky if you get to see full strength rosters. So why not add a little bit of competitive mix? And I don't think the Warriors or the Lakers or the Celtics are going to want to get embarrassed on national television mm-hmm. by losing to the Pacers or like you know the Rockets or in, the Hornets in a knockout game, right? Yeah. Let's talk about the courts, because that's the other part yeah. of the conversation. This is right? try-hard stuff. Yeah, this just came out. There is a, a bunch of mock-ups of the courts. They have a lot of color. There's also the in-season tournament uh, trophy in the middle of the court, kind of uh, beckoning back to the NBA Finals trophy that used to be in the middle of the court. We have you, You've seen all of these, obviously. Your thoughts. I mean, that, that was worrisome, correct? I think we just need to have like a full-on <laughs> reboot of NBA branding. Right. Like the City Edition jerseys, oh my God. out of control. 
like we need to get back to basics. We need to get back to what built this league. I think we need three jersey options. No max. one was asking for this. Right. That's the main thing. It's like it would be one thing. It would be kind of cool if like there was like I don't know. I actually thought they should play some midseason tournament games, maybe in like odd gyms, like mm. smaller arenas, maybe, and five dollar tickets to make it feel like a little bit more electric, a little bit more like you know, like a college basketball game, essentially get a little bit of the March Madness flavor. Right. But I do not think we needed Boise State courts. Uh, our boy Andrew Sharp tweeted about this. On Shout uh, out to Andrew Sharp. He's very fired up about this. Yeah. He's like, what are these incentives? Give me the number five pick if I win this tournament. I and think he's not wrong. I, I mean, I, but I, I just do think that inherently, <laughs> like these guys compete in everything. They compete mm-hmm. in card games on the plane. They compete in like, like totally meaningless competitions all the time. They will get competitive about winning this tournament. Yeah, and I think it will hopefully become a thing but unfortunately we've seen the nba kind of flip-flop and then even with the all-star game it was you know the captains now we're going back to east west i just hope if they're going to stick with it they really do stick with it I do too. and lean into it you I, know do what too. I, mean? I think i think don't leave it up for like is this is just a trial thing we'll see how it works like be like this is what we're doing this is what's happening well i think the reason why they're doing the group stages that they're doing is they don't want to wind up with a like rangers diamondbacks type final mm-hmm. you know they want to <laughs> try and help the lakers and the celtics along the way because but that's i think the, the nba way it's the nba way <laughs> yeah, right. it's the nba way been doing that since 1940 <laughs> um you know what i mean that's what they do yeah we only put two teams on tv yeah right how about that yeah people will love it uh let's talk about the top 100 players uh everyone does their top you yeah. know player rankings the ringer did this um we have our it's a beautiful like you know you got the league pass player rankings shout out to very just yeah just entire thing. yeah working yeah. hard on this uh but number one i want to talk about number one because I, I feel like this is really who has the belt in the nba it's obviously nikola Jokic. he just bodies chet the other night then yeah. after the game he says he needs to get a little bit fatter um as he laughs to himself <laughs> um what do we think about the joker right now and the fact that he pretty much runs the nba doesn't it feel like he is like fully aware of like how good he is right oh now? yeah and like i i is Denver going to lose? Is Denver about to have like a really like one of those like where they're going to talk about this season for a really long time, mm-hmm. 60 plus win season? Like I anything is possible here. Yeah, and I don't think there really is a super team. I think that there needs to be he needs like a foe or someone that, you know, kind of just makes Jokic go to even another level. And yes. I do think it is Giannis. Or, or Embiid. It yeah. could be Embiid, right? I mean, we've seen Embiid push him as well. So I think it's one of those two guys. So I hope he gets that matchup. Yeah, at some I point. mean, I think it'll also be interesting over the years to see how NBA teams build. Like, obviously, the Suns decided to go super team to combat mm-hmm. this. But, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if yeah, that's going to work against the Nuggets. Man. I don't either. And they, they keep t- trying to sell me. Uh, the the Suns people are selling me on the idea that Nurkic played in front of Jokic. He has some sort of weird like mental advantage where like I'm better than you. Seem You're like my Jokic backup. Really spends much time thinking about I, that. I don't think so at all. <laughs> I, I think I think Jokic would actually love that. I think yeah. he's like, okay, I know this guy very well. Um, you know, Sabonis is a guy I could see maybe trying to give Jokic trouble, but the more you try to go around it and try to, you know, you're 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 grasping at straws at some point because this guy is unstoppable. So it is wild that he's kind of, you can't really argue that he's the, you know, he is the number one player. It was the easiest conversation that we had about making the list. I think we had arguments all over the list, all the way down to like the Derek white (laughs) to Jabari Smith zone. My goodness, But it was like, Jokic won was like a four second thing. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't even like, well, Embiid won MVP. Are we sure? It's like, no, Jokic 
probably should have won MVP and won the title. And like, he has the belt. It's that simple. Let's talk about Philly quickly. Um, the Phillies in general, there was a lot of hype about this team. You know, I mean, they're just hitting dingers all over the place. And then, you know, mad dog Russo goes on his show and says, I will retire <laughs> if the Phillies lose game six or game seven, uh, leading us to the ultimate, Did, you know, does he moment. actually, is he accountable for what he no, says? He already came out and said that that was just him talking. Okay. He's like, I'm like, still after the whole Colorado betting gummies thing, I don't know. Yeah. So that happens, and I feel like he cursed the Phillies inherently. Then also, you had the Super Bowl last year. Jalen Hurts, you know, a great ride. They get to the Super Bowl. They go up against Pat Mahomes. Where are we standing right now at Philly Sports? Like, are we standing strong? Do we feel good? I think that you're asking somebody who lives in Los Angeles how mm-hmm. they feel about the Philadelphia sports community. When I go home, I think it's a little bit more passionately felt. Right. To me, this is like a great time. This is just awesome. Like, postseason runs, lots of narratives, lots of talking points, lots of guys that it's just, like, easy to love. It's easy to love Bryce. Right. It's easy to love Jalen. It's easy to love A.J. Brown. You know, like, Philly really did well kind of helping pull Trey Turner out of his tailspin earlier Mm -hmm. in the season, giving him, like, the ovation. So, you know, you could say they don't have a lot to show for it with no trophies, but I don't know. Like, it's pretty cool to be in the NLCS, to be in the World Series, to be in the Super Bowl. And you're, like, in the best division in baseball, it feels like, just with the Braves yeah. there. It's a nice rivalry that's brewing. And then the Eagles also in the NFC East with the Cowboys. I mean, it's a good conversation. Yeah, it's going to be a real—this one, this this week, it feels like one of the more important Cowboys games in a long time. Mm-hmm. Because I think that even though the Eagles are the only one-loss team in the league— Everybody's got a lot of complaints. Just look at the power rankings at the yeah. ringer. I, I yell at Nora every single week about the disrespect to the Eagles. And I have I, no and standing. I, and 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 I am a faithful Stephen Ruiz reader, mm-hmm. but like I feel like he's very like relatively low on Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. in comparison to some other guys with a lot more L's. So <laughs> he's I, in Brock Purdy's head. That's I think I we we had our fun with Micah Parsons last season. Right. Uh, it'll, I'm sure he remembered that. It'll be really interesting to see them go up against the Cowboys this week. Yeah, I think that Jalen Hurts, for whatever reason, uh, I just love him. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think a lot of people do love him. But, you know, when you have someone that's winning a lot, we usually turn on them at some point. But Jalen Hurts, because of his story, because the way he got benched at Alabama and then goes to Oklahoma, I don't know. It also, just feels just like we're like, rooting for him. It's also the locker room is rooting for him. Like mm-hmm. Kelsey being like, I decided not to retire so that I could snap the ball to Jason <laughs> to Jalen Hurts is like, it's all you need to know. Yeah, and the tush puss, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's Although we we had a wrinkle. Finally got stuck. End of the game, right. we know we did. We had a little like a little triple option tush push going, right? Right, yeah, yeah a little like, uh, yeah, shout out to Paul Johnson in Georgia Tech right there with the triple option. Chris Ryan, thanks so much for coming to the show. We'll definitely have you back, man. Thanks for having me. there you have it thanks for watching through the ringer shout out to cousin sal again go watch cousin sal's winning weekend on fridays at 10 a.m and the ringer wise guys sunday at 10 a.m and while you're watching FanDuel tv why don't you watch through the ringer on fridays at 9 a.m we will be back we have nora back on the show we have kevin o'connor on the show to talk about the nba got a jam-packed show gonna be a lot of fun stay tuned keep watching i appreciate everyone tuning in and we will see you on friday